1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, a member FDIC.
0: This week on The Breakup Breakdown. I didn't
1: know anything about sororities. I didn't necessarily like that. There was this like set of rules that I had to follow when I was supposed to be experiencing freedom for the first time. My house mom comes in and she says, get dressed and come downstairs. There's been an incident. So I look at her, we're like walking down the hallway. I look at her and I'm like, hey, I think I know what this is about. It was a prank. She said, the cops are downstairs. They're ready to interrogate you. This
0: is bullshit. Breakups don't just happen in romantic or friendship scenarios. Sometimes your job or an organization you're a part of can decide to break up with you. Hey, what's up? It's Abby with the Breakup Breakdown. Thanks so much for tuning in to a different kind of episode. I'm excited. We're dipping our toe into something new. Hey, if you like this podcast, I always appreciate it when you leave us a positive review. And if you like following your podcast on social media, you can catch us on Instagram at Breakup Breakdown Podcast. And don't forget, if there's a story you want to tell on the podcast or if there's somebody that you've always been curious about how their breakup went down, there's a submission form in the episode description. And as always, if you want to jump to a certain part of the interview, timestamps are also in the episode description. What's up, Heartbreakers? Welcome back to another episode of the Breakup Breakdown. Can you take a wild guess who I'm here with?
2: Uh, Steven Spielberg.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with coworker <laughs> Justin, who is once again drinking the most unsightly looking beverage. Yeah,
2: it's really good, though. Mango is like, this is a good one.
0: Mango. We don't have free product placement on yep. this show, but yep. it's a beverage. Mango that is, something. Well, mango something. A mango white like claw?
2: Have you seen those videos of the people who don't realize like white claws or four Low- aren't like pre workouts and they're drinking them at the gym
0: no or people
2: my algorithm is different than
0: yours (laughs) you have the most straight Yeah, speaking of algorithm that's what we're gonna be talking about today because this whole episode got started because of the algorithm that I assumed everyone else was on and maybe that's the audience that listens to this and maybe everyone else be like yeah Justin what the hell are you watching I I go
2: out of my way to break the algorithm like I'll just search random things and then how many videos I get sent myself of those
0: sometimes it's your friends so the person who's doing the breakdown bonus episode for this week Mm -hmm. is my friend Virginia who is in dental school and so I'm always like, why are all these residency yes. TikToks coming
2: like to my 40 Or does, like, does she send them to
0: you? No! Oh. That's why I'm like, who is stalking me that, like, loves residency TikTok?
2: I guess they see, like, you're friends with them Yes, so, like, you might also like this. Because Virginia
0: and I message back and forth a lot. She sends me a lot of those tarot card readings where she's like, I swear my ex is coming back. And I'm like, okay, you've been saying this for four years. I,
2: those are the things that I don't get. Like, the card readings or the, like, zodiac sign stuff and I know that's, like, a big thing.
0: Yeah, so I ended up on sorority tea <laughs> (laughs) tiktok at some point i think because alex earl was talking about her sorority experience so everybody else was just spilling the tea okay but before i get into how i got the submission well not really submission you'll get it in a second i want to let you know that this week we're raising awareness for the family violence prevention services in san antonio texas can i get a yeehaw Yeehaw. fvps is able to offer residential and non-residential clients shelter transitional housing counseling for adults children families and legal services these services help individuals and families recover from the pain and long term effects of domestic violence. You can check out more info on how you can help out in the episode description. So back to my For You page. Mm -hmm. I was scrolling through, of course, I'm on sorority T TikTok. One day I'm scrolling and I come across this girl who was talking about a time that she almost got kicked out of her chapter with the disclaimer that this particular situation didn't get her kicked out. And I was dying because it was so similar to an experience that I had, not personally, but somebody in my chapter. There was someone that was dismissed for nearly the same reason, except worse, but that's a story that I'll tell on Thursday's episode. Oh boy! I think I tell it on Thursday's episode. If not, I'll tell it at some point. you have to bring
2: it back up. I'll
0: bring it back. And anyway, so she pulled a prank on her chapter that ended up with the cops getting called and ended up being like this huge deal within the chapter, within Greek life. I mean, people were talking about it. It was major drama. This is
2: the one thing I missed out by going to like a smaller college. Like we didn't have sororities or fraternities or anything like that. I think with my personality, I probably would have joined one. How? And what would get you kicked out? You know what I mean? Justin,
0: you are so like fratty, but you would have been like in a sweet boy frat.
2: Probably. I don't know. Whichever one drank a lot, which is probably all All of them. So what's
0: funny and what you'll hear in this episode is it's like the things that are considered like literal crises. Is that the right word? Crises? I think so. Yeah. In a sorority to anybody else is like the most petty thing in the world. Like Like, you
2: don't get, okay. Yeah.
0: We'll also go into like the politics that come in with being in a sorority. So like, for example, I was very involved in my chapter. I had some bad experiences, but overall it was a great experience. You know, you can go on my Instagram see what chapter I was. I'm not going to talk bad about that. I remember there were a couple instances I could have been in deep trouble compared to somebody who wasn't as involved, they cut me a little bit more slack because I contributed a lot to the chapter.
2: Mm, okay. And I
0: didn't do anything like illegal. So I'll give you the example. And yeah. I think I talk about this on Thursday's episode. Just as a heads up, we've already pre-recorded it. There was this Facebook page that was created where we were all sharing like the raunchiest stories of our friends in the chapter. Oh. And I'm an oversharer for a living. Like sure. I have a podcast, I work in radio. Right. So I'm thinking I'm ready to freaking blow this shit up. <laughs> I need to have the funniest yeah, story on this page. And I basically shared about the time that me and one of my sweetmates became like Really, really close. Like we had just moved into the house. My roommate had just gotten kicked out for <laughs> said reasons. Okay. And she came back from a Tinder date. Oh no. She was so drunk, and she just kept saying, Abby, I have a condom stuck up my vag. <laughs> I need help getting it <laughs> oh, out. No. So we became very close. Yeah. And I've told the story, I think, once before on this podcast. And basically, I had to get like some crisco, it was a whole thing. Oh, she ended up God. in the hospital with this guy's credit card. Long story short, there was nothing stuck up there. So, and so to, just get, okay. to me, this is like the funniest story ever. I went know on this girl. Yeah, you were
2: like digging. like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did things I never thought I would do as a straight woman. Sure. Um, and so I shared that on the page and I remember it just was like this huge thing because other people were sharing and then they got sent to standards, but then I didn't get sent to standards because I oh, was on exec. So they yeah. were
2: upset that you didn't get in trouble for sharing. Essentially. Mm-hmm. So like they
0: couldn't punish those people for starting the page because somebody on exec posted. Uh-huh. But like, here's the thing. Could it maybe have gotten us posted on Barstool Sports? Possibly. Uh-huh.
2: I don't know. It's not like you're out here being like we were doing like very illegal thing. You know what I mean? Like incriminating things. But
0: so that's kind of like the point of this episode. It's like sororities are very image conscious and for good reason. There's high stakes. If you're caught doing anything nefarious, it's very easy to get your charter pulled.
2: Okay. yeah. Well, and and you hear stories about that all the time.
0: It's a totally different world and the recruitment process is exactly what you think it is.
2: Yeah, Okay. And
0: also she's going to go into, you know, how she was dismissed from her chapter. Her sorority broke up with her.
2: That's interesting. Do you get Get told to like you're no longer allowed to say you were with us
0: we don't want you affiliated with we're our like letters. erasing
2: you from the history of this chapter
0: yeah that is the angle I'm going with this episode is you can have a toxic relationship with a job and an organization or I anything mean, yeah. in life and so this episode dives into how to not put your identity in the things that you think are really important and define you and how do you rebuild yourself after losing that so we're talking a lot about identity this week because you go through the process and you're having girls tell you who you are and where you belong mm-hmm. and there's challenges in that And once you get in the chapter, you're having people define you, people that know you and how hurtful that is, where you rank amongst your chapter. And also like what happens when you lose that identity. It's a really good story. And there's some tea along the way because the cops got called on this girl. What eventually led to her getting kicked out? If it wasn't the cops, if it wasn't the prank, what was it? Let's break down this week's sorority breakup. When I say I didn't
1: know anything about sororities, like I didn't even know that there were such things as like top houses and bottom houses. I didn't know that each sorority had reputation. And I think at the time, I felt a little bit left out or like stupid, honestly, just compared to the other girls. Because you'll talk, like you talk to these girls throughout recruitment that you're with. And they're like, ew, like, did you go into the whatever house? Because they're so weird, aren't they? Like, I heard they were weird. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? Like, how can a whole house be weird? What does that even mean, you know? I definitely went in as myself and realized very quickly that everyone is like putting on a performance. And I I definitely learned that I had to tailor who I was. And it just felt honestly really superficial. It didn't feel genuine at all, I would say for most of it, to be honest.
0: My freshman year roommate, her sister was in this sorority and her sister's sister was also in that sorority. She like cracked the code. She didn't get dropped from a single house because you think, oh, I'm just going in. I'm going to talk to these girls and it's going to be great. But they're looking for very specific things and they're asking you certain questions to see if you're going to fit the mold. And if you're going in kind of like you did, where you're just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to be myself and hope it works out. And then um, it doesn't always work out that way. I'd be surprised to hear if anyone actually felt that they finished
1: the week being authentic to who they were. I think honestly, probably halfway through the first day I started realizing like oh I need to be like this like I need to talk about this I had no idea that these girls are matched to you I didn't know that they have done their research you hear girls saying oh they brought you into the parlor room like that means you're getting cut already and what like I don't even know what the parlor room is what does that mean it was my first day for sure I walked into this one house and this girl instantly like I thought we were hitting it off and it was probably the first conversation that I had that I felt like had substance to it that wasn't just like I am a freshman and the basics and I was so psyched because I hate having those superficial conversations. And so I remember at one point she was telling me, I think she was like an animal science major. Like she wanted to be a vet and she was talking about neutering dogs. It came up and I was telling her, like I had recently right before this, read some article about how like when dogs get neutered, apparently some dogs get like really depressed because they're like missing their manhood. So I'm telling her about these like silicone implants for like balls for dogs. And like we were laughing and I got cut that day, like literally like so cut. And I was like, okay, maybe don't talk about silicone ball implants for dogs. But at the same time, I was like, we were vibing. Like, yeah, it's like a weird thing to talk about, but it was funny. They don't like that. They want me to just be pretty and smile and wave and look like I will make them look good.
0: No, literally. And because you're also a content creator, you have to have a certain type of personality that's willing to overshare. And I had a similar experience where I just got way too authentic. I was like talking about the other houses. I was like, these bitches. (laughs) And then I was shocked that I got cut. Don't you want me to be myself and feel like we're not putting on a facade? No. Why would you think that? (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like I've had a horrible experience. I actually love my sorority, but there is a level of conforming that you have to fit into. So how did the rest of the week go for you?
1: I would say recruitment is not only the most mentally draining, but physically too. So funny enough, I got dropped from my top houses. I'll say that. But my sorority was still on my list. It was definitely one that I was still interested in. I wouldn't have joined my sorority if I didn't see the appeal. I'll talk shit. I'll say these things happened. And like, it sounds all horrible. But ultimately, the fact that I joined in the first place, I think says a lot. I did like it. At the time, I didn't necessarily like that. There was this like set of rules that I had to follow when I was supposed to be experiencing freedom for the first time. In hindsight, I think I needed it because otherwise, who knows how off the rails I would have gone. And I think that it is good to have kind of like your first year in college, some structure, because I do know people who didn't and they didn't make it to graduation. Not to say that that happens to people who don't join Greek life, obviously, but I do think it was good. And I'll say like, as far as the recruitment process goes, the flip side, you are constantly being ranked in like every single situation. One of the first things that I remember just like blatantly being called out in the sorority, it was recruitment when I wasn't active. And I think it was my first recruitment. You practice with your sisters for recruitment and you have conversations with your sisters and then they rank you based on how they thought your conversation went. So we get our like lists out for the week and we see who we're matched with. And I saw that I was matched every single party every single day. So I'm like, okay, this is a lot. Like I don't have a single break. I'm going to be at the house from 6am until 6pm. Honestly, probably later than that, maybe like 8 or 9pm. And I'm going to be talking to girls all Day. I'm not really going to get to eat or drink or breathe at all. But then there's these other girls who didn't get matched a single party all week. And those were my friends. And so I was like, this is bullshit. They were bummed because they're like, why do I even have to be here if I'm not involved in recruitment at all? They still have to be there. So instead, if they're not matched a party, we called it the ugly room. I mean, that wasn't like the sorority's term for it. That was like me and my friend's term. When the party is happening, everyone's out. They're all bouncing and clapping and singing and doing door stack and everything like that. As soon as the doors close and all of the new member or all of the um, M's are in the house, the girls who aren't assigned are supposed to go hide in a bedroom and not be seen. They can't talk. They can't come out. They cannot be known that they're there. And it's like, you're really just taking all of these girls that you don't consider good enough for recruitment and hiding them in a room so no one knows they exist. That's so toxic.
0: Oh, I was one of those in the room. You're getting dressed up for a party you're not invited to by your yeah. friends. And for anybody who wasn't in a sorority, just like picture like a tiny ass hallway and you're all just crammed there and you have to be silent. Like, it's not like you can talk to your friends. You have to like on your phone for hours at a time sometimes
1: they wouldn't even let you on your phone because then you might miss the bouncing and clapping that happens at the end of the party and you have to be out for that because they want the house to look as full as possible so they need every single girl out there bouncing and clapping and acting like they're having the time of their lives until they go hide in the ugly room so
0: did you like lash out at the recruitment
1: team because of that at this point they had told us too, like you're going to be talking all day you're going to be screaming bouncing they told us like you're going to lose your voice you're going to be tired you might get sick whatever which is why like all these girls that aren't matched they can sub in for you if that happens and so I'm Like oh okay like cool well it was like day three my voice was gone I had nothing left I remember I had my last conversation with this girl and I was like whispering like, like and it's so loud in those rooms you don't know how loud it is but it echoes around the house you're screaming to have a conversation my voice was gone and I was like talking to my best friend and she wasn't matched so I was like you know what this is your chance I'm gonna get you in a party my voice is obviously gone I can't rush anymore so I'm gonna raise my hand and say you know what I need a break and you're gonna be standing right next to me when they ask for volunteers you're gonna raise your hand and you'll come in there and you'll be my sub and this will be your party like you go girl so we do it. We like execute the plan. I tell our president at the time, I'm like, Hey, like my voice is gone again. I'm like whispering. So it's more like, Hey, I said, can I take a break? And she said, Yeah, everyone could use a break. Suck it up. And I said, Oh, okay. So I get put back in the line. I had to continue doing all the parties. And then the next day, <laughs> they have like a like a bell that they ring from downstairs. And that's like your little like doggy bell that's like, everyone come. And so they ring the bell and you gotta go down for your little pre recruitment, pep talk, or whatever. She looks at me and she says, So, um, as some of you may know, we did say that you had ask for breaks, but like I said, everyone could use a break. Everyone's tired, everyone's exhausted. So if you ask me for a break, she asked me to stand up. So if you ask me for a Break. congratulations you got your break everyone go look at your list I had been xed out of every single party every single party that day I was unmatched and honestly it was funny I saw that again like I'm a smart ass but I laughed and I was like thank god like you thought this was a punishment because I'm over here like fight like a weight off my shoulders I can go sit in the ugly room all day I don't have to force conversations like I was honestly so happy that that happened but she called my ass out in front of everybody and that was the moment that I realized like this girl hates me she does not like me at all but she was like I said she was the The only reason she became president was because she ran unopposed because no one else met the requirements to be president. And I remember having a conversation with the president before her being like, hey, I'm not going to lie to you. This is kind of concerning to me. Is she really going unopposed? Like, is that going to happen? She was like, you know, what? I've had a talk with her and I've told her you have to give the girls respect to earn their respect. If you continue to act the way that you're acting, they're not going to respect you and you are not going to be successful in this role. And she's like, I think she listened. And honestly, I think that those of us who had been like personally victimized by her still never found any respect but I think she did navigate it well in the sense that most of the other girls started to respect her a little bit more. She wasn't just an active who was like bitchy. She was now the president who was in charge of things you know good for her. I think she's in law school now she's popping off. She's doing her thing as she should but you know me and her never really were girly pops to say the least. I think that was kind of when I realized that we were arch nemesis. We were at war with each other and it was kind of just from there that even just the smallest things like the littlest things that I would do sent her into a rage fit and like fury and she just did not want me a part of it and it was funny because I was sweet mates when I lived in the house with the head of standards we were super tight she was my friend it worked out nicely but she would tell me she'd be like oh yeah they're talking shit about you in the exec chat right now like she would tell me and I was just like they're so obsessed with me you know like they just love me they just can't keep my name out of their mouths (laughs) we love our fans you know everyone has that person that just annoys them for no reason and anything they do just annoys they could breathe and you're just like ew I think I was just that to her or maybe even all of exec I don't know, honestly. Whatever they had, I think the only time they ever had shit to talk about, like, substance was whenever this, like, scandals went down.
0: Scandals? Talk about the scandals. When I was living in the
1: house, I had a pimple on my face, and I was, like, Googling, how do I make this pimple go away? And it said, if you crush up some aspirin and mix it with some water, it makes this paste, you put it on your pimple, and it, like, dries it up overnight. It just falls off the next day, essentially. So it was, like, beautiful. So I get some aspirin, I start crushing it up, and I'm making this paste, and I, honestly, it's funny, I vlogged all of this because I thought if shit goes down, I'm gonna need to have proof and, like, evidence. Of all of this being innocent. So I have all of the Snapchat still, like all of the videos of me making this concoction and me doing everything. But essentially, as I was making this paste and I'm crushing up this aspirin, I looked at it and I thought, like, this kind of looks like cocaine. I had never done cocaine. I'd never done drugs or anything. I'd never really even been around it. I was still like a sophomore and I hadn't been in that scene. So I asked my sweet mate actually, and I was like, hey, does this look like cocaine? And she said, you know, I think it needs to be crushed a little bit finer, but yeah, like it does. And I said, oh, sure thing. I had like a hammer, part of my little mini college toolkit, and I started crushing it with a hammer and I was like what about that and she was like yeah and I was like oh my god this is gonna be so funny because her roommate who was my other sweet mate was out of town for the weekend head of standards I knew she was getting back in the morning and I was like I'm gonna leave this out on our counter so that when she gets back she's gonna like see this like cocaine on the table and she as head of standards is gonna be so conflicted because she's like I love her but like I have to report this like I thought it would just put her in this like and then I could be like haha you're stressed out it's just aspirin like here's the video you know like don't worry I thought it was gonna go down like that so I set the scene I like I put out I think I put um like my credit card, I formed it into a little line and I left some off to the side to look a little messy. Really, like I said, I've never seen anyone actually do cocaine at this point. So I don't know if it looked accurate or not. What I imagined, that's how I left it. So I went to bed and I didn't have class in the morning. So I was sleeping in and then I woke up to like someone banging on my door. My roommate at the time was dating someone and she never stayed at the house. So I basically had the room to myself. So I slept naked. Like I was literally butt ass naked. And um, my house mom comes in and she says, get dressed and come downstairs. There's been an incident. And I said, yeah, sure. Sure thing. Can you um, step out so I can like put clothes on? She said, I can't leave the room. I will turn around. And I was like, that's weird. Like, I don't know why you're doing that, but okay. So I put some clothes on. She grabs me and my other sweetmeat, and we're walking out. And I actually wasn't the one who realized what was going on. It was my sweetmeat, And she was like, Alyssa, like, I think this is about the aspirin. And I said, I think, and she was like, well, no one else is being pulled out of their rooms. And I was like, oh shit. So I look at her, we're like walking down the hallway. I look at her and I'm like, Hey, I think I know what this is about. She turned around and she was like sobbing. She was crying. And I she was like, yeah, I bet you do. Hey. It's aspirin. Like, it's not, it's not drugs. It was a prank. It's just aspirin. She said, The cops are downstairs. They're ready to interrogate you. And because I slept in, it was lunchtime. So all the girls are downstairs. They're eating lunch. Like, they're all in the room. And I'm being sat down right next to them as I'm being interrogated by the police. I don't know if they were trying to even hide the fact that they were all whispering and pointing and like calling their friends and text and taking videos and stuff, but I can see all of them. And so the cops are down there. They're getting like my information. They're filing a report and all this stuff. And so they're like, We're going to have to go upstairs and test this. And I said, By all means, go upstairs and test it so as we go upstairs we get to my room they didn't go through my things like raid my room but they were like looking around you know whatever they get into the bathroom they see it and they said okay well we need to get a drug test they didn't even bring one they didn't to a drug call they responded to a drug call and didn't bring a drug test so they had to call for backup for other police officers to come with the drug test so then more police arrived they were even annoyed that they had to be there like they were like this is the stupidest thing that we've ever been called to do so he starts testing it he realizes like this is aspirin this isn't drugs so he's mad he's like rolling his eyes he's like why did i get called for this stupid shit it was funny there were 3 in the room at the time and that one was mad he was pissed off there was one that was like you know this isn't a funny prank you know like being the dad like he was like you girls got to be careful with your pranks and blah, blah blah and then one of them was like my boy and he was like is that is that a, is that how you always take your aspirin And you know like you always snort your aspirin like that he's like joking around with me so i'm thinking like this is funny so then i'm like i'm talking to him right cuz we're we're making fun out of it so i'm talking to him and i'm like hey can you just like handcuff us and walk us out of the house like just you know all the girls are watching already they've all got their phones out like give them what they want let's make this fun As soon as I say that, our director shows up and she walks into my room and she overhears that and she just starts going off. She says, I'm going to bite my tongue before I say something I don't mean, like as if that was like the worst threat in the world. Me and my sweet mate are sitting like, like trying not to laugh. We're literally trying not to laugh so hard. But the thing was, the reason she was so pissed was because her husband at the time was running for sheriff. And so she was like, this makes my husband look bad in his election, you know, whatever, all this stuff. And I was like, if anything, your husband's deputies did exactly what they were told to do. They responded accordingly. They did protocol. Like if anything, like they responded the right way so I feel like this really doesn't affect his election at all but you know what you can be pissed whatever so that whole thing went down I was sent to standards we had this like standards meeting it didn't really end up being anything just because it wasn't drugs I think they tried to get me on there's somewhere in the bylaws that say representing the sorority in poor light is calls for some type of probation I think and they used that because there were cop cars outside of our house and because other sororities were finding out about it they tried but I don't think they ended up getting any actual dirt on me but then this was like obviously the talk of the sorority and other sororities, like everyone was talking about it. So I'm over here, like people are asking me, they're calling me, and I'm telling them, like, no, guys, like, that's not what it was. It, it was a prank, it was aspirin, all this stuff. Then we had a chapter meeting and they called everyone. They were like, I'm sure you guys have all heard about the recent event that took place. You don't need to talk about it. No one speak of it. No one say anything else. I ended up getting called back to standards because I had been talking about it. They were like, You are not allowed to talk about this. You are not allowed to speak. And I was like, If anything, I have a right to defend my name because all of these people think that I'm doing these drugs and doing these illegal things that I'm not doing and that's slander on my name and on my character and I have a right to defend myself. You can't tell me not to speak and they didn't like that either. So that just, again, put a bad taste in their mouth because I wouldn't stay silent, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that was kind of like the unofficial rule. Like if you got sent to standards, just grovel and you'll probably be fine. But when you do have a little bit of a backbone, people get a little spicy. They don't like that for sure. So did that situation get worse or was that kind of like the end of it? You thankfully didn't end up on Barstool Sports for getting hand- Cop, you're probably in the barstool dm somewhere like deep down i wish that
1: was the end of it that was only my sophomore year and i ended up getting kicked out my senior
0: year they didn't kick me out
1: until my senior year which was funny and i actually tried to drop my junior year the only reason i hadn't sooner was because my mom was ultimately the reason that i went through recruitment in the first place she had me when she was super young she didn't get to do the whole like, sorority thing or anything like that she actually she had me when we were in co- when she was in college and so i remember like i lived in student housing for a little while and i remember growing up in student housing and student apartments and so she really wanted me to do all those things she was paying for it, too. That's the thing. Like, I was blessed. She paid for all of those expenses and everything. And so, I mean, if she wanted me to stay in, it was her money at the end of the day. So and I told her that, like, you know, I don't enjoy it. I'm not going to these events. I'm not doing these things. I would like to drop, but you're the one paying for it. So whatever. (laughs) She ended up saying like, yeah, you can drop if you want. I tried dropping my junior year. And then they sent me like paperwork via email that I would have to sign to like formally drop. And I forgot. Like, I just never ended up signing it. So
0: (laughs) that's the only reason. (laughs) There was a social that night. The temptation was to stay. Right yeah no so I, I ended up just like forgetting all about it and so
1: I still I wasn't going to chapter meetings at this point I was already on every probation for like missing x amount of chapter meetings I was getting fined left and right all the time for everything like it was ridiculous that's just the way it was so I forgot about it and then we did have a mixer with a fraternity and it was at this Dave and Buster's type arcade place and luckily I was friends with some of the guys in this frat so I was like oh this will be fun and it was an arcade place like that's super fun so we pre-gamed obviously that's what you do before a mixer we were very intoxicated and I get to the arcade and I'm like hanging out playing all these games you know I go to this one game and I hit the fucking jackpot okay so I'm like hell yeah like bells are ringing everyone's all I hate attention if you couldn't tell so everyone's looking at me everyone's coming over I am taking every single one of you to the gift shop like we are we are going and we are just looting this freaking toy place so I let all my friends get whatever they wanted there was tons of tickets I think I had extra after that too I really only wanted one thing and it was like a suction cup bow and arrow kit that you like shoot and it like suctions to the wall and so I got it and I'm like hanging on to it. We're doing our own thing. And then we start walking over to the bowling alley and I see that screen that shows your scores. And I'm like, wait a second. That's like, this will suction to that. I want to see if this shit works. You know, like I want to see this is a solid bow and arrow that I got for my 1200 tickets. So I shoot it at the screen and it was super small. It really wasn't anything. I was pretty close to it. But then instantly I get a tap on my shoulder and it was head of standards, my sweet mate. And she said, hey, you should probably take that down. And I said, oh shit. Sorry. Okay. Like why? And she points to the lane next to us and the entire exec board was still staring at me and they were directly in the lane right next to us. And then I look over and I'm being like summoned. They said that I was causing a commotion at the mixer and representing our sorority in poor light. That was another thing that led to, I guess, it wasn't so much of a scandal because there was no like police involved or anything, but that was one more thing that I did.
0: Things that are kind of just like normal, haha jokes in real life to like a sorority are potential. And to be fair, like there's a lot of eyes on sororities, especially like there's a photo of you getting handcuffed outside your house. When you're like the clown of the group, you're used to getting to push boundaries and be like the funny one but then like in the sorority context that this is going to cause a national uproar you're causing a commotion at the mixer right
1: well and it's they always threaten nationals too that's a big thing like they're always like nationals is going to hear about this like and they make it sound like this like big huge like daunting power that will come for you if you slip up and it's just
0: like it's funny because nationals is literally like deborah call up De- and it's this old woman who's just reading emails essentially like that's what nationals is there's a group of 10 women in their 50s corralling all the sorority women you'll have like people on exec like whether it's the president or whoever
1: and they'll be like i was on the phone with nationals today and they make it sound like like the president like they like i was on the phone with the white house like they think it's like this huge power move and i'm just like dude like i've met her she's like i've got her on speed dial she's in my contacts like i remember also one time this is like i would say probably the number one thing that sororities keep quiet or there's there's two things but like this is something that like cannot leave the house you cannot tell your sister you can't tell your parents you can't tell your friends and that is slides during recruitment Honestly, it starts the spring before the fall recruitment. So you've got all summer and everything. And basically, we get the list of who signed up for recruitment and we assign girls in the sorority to do, they're called like region chairs, I think. We knew everything about all of these girls going through recruitment, like literally everything.
0: What's a piece of information that somebody would know? The uh,
1: region chairs would kind of be selected. If you're from this zip code, then you're going to do the girls from this zip code because you have a higher chance of knowing them. And a lot of girls would volunteer be like, I want to do that. I know so many girls going through like I want to be the region chair. They would basically have to put together powerpoints and every girl, some girls would have like 15 and some girls would have like 250 girls. And like they would have to put a slide with each profile of each person. They would get a picture from their Instagram or something and if they had a private account, we had a fake Instagram account that would reach out and request to follow them and that was us. And like they would usually accept because it's like the school they're going to. They're excited. They would accept it and then we would get all access to all of their socials. And so then you would stalk them. You would say like their name, their hometown, whether or not they were legacy. Legacies weren't allowed to be cut. That was something that our sorority did. You could not cut a legacy. It would say, like, oh, if she played sports, we knew what sports she played. One thing that was stupid was, like, oh, she's got 200,000 followers. You know, we want her. Like, we want her because she's like an influencer. And I thought that was stupid because I ended up getting matched to one of the girls that was like one of the top girls that we wanted. And I remembered speaking to her, and literally, she was like the most boring person I've ever spoken to. She either did not want to be there and she was purposefully making our conversation miserable, or she was the most boring person on the planet. And I didn't know which one. I rated her at the end. I gave her a one. And I think this was like day four, day three or four. Like she had been going through. And so I was like, I gave her a one. She got a bid. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't really matter at the end of the day where this is going. We were doing that. I saw one girl's name on the list that was going through and I had met her. I'd had some experiences with her that were like not pleasant. I did not like her as a person. And I remember talking to my roommate about it and she was like, oh my God, I went to high school with her. And I was like, really? And she was like, no, like she did this. She did that. I don't want her in here either. We need to say something. And that was the thing. Like if you had some serious dirt on one of the girls, they didn't want us raising our hand and like slandering her in front of the whole sorority. But they were like, "Come and talk to us. We'll be in the president's room." I went to go tell, you know, hey, like this girl's on the list. She's, you know, whatever. As I'm doing that, I get this like death glare, absolute death glare from the president. And she says, "Can I speak to you outside for a moment?" I said, "Yeah, sure." The layout of her room was that there was this hallway before the main room. As you open the door, like this mini hallway, bathroom off to the side. But I couldn't see all the way into her room from where I was standing in the hallway. Turns out, our director was in that room and I just couldn't see her. And she didn't know that we did this. So I get pulled out and she said that I just exposed that we did this. Every sorority knows who's coming in their house. Like everyone does it. But if anyone in a position of having to report that finds out, then they're obligated to. So she basically like just screamed at me, ripped me a new one saying like, our director is in there right now. And you just exposed that we're doing this. Thanks a lot. You just ruined our recruitment, all this stuff. And it was just like, as if things couldn't get worse. Here I am once again, ruining our sorority like literally being the reason that we are all going to call crumbling down the whole thing I would say more times than not was just very very toxic again this is my experience I know girls who got married and every girl in our chapter was like at her wedding and like they live and die together they are still best friends to this day they loved every part of it and I think too like I grew up in a very strict household government employees military background police officers that sort of thing and so like my sister golden child she's doing everything they want she Lives by the rule book and she's fine with that. She doesn't talk back, whatever. I'm the one that my mom thinks I'm a hippie. I like packed up all my shit and moved to another state without knowing anybody just because, because like fuck it. I was a marketing major. And so it's just kind of like I am the one that they think went off the rails. And I think just because of the household that I grew up in and being the oldest of like four, I was always responsible for everyone else. So I think that I'm like naturally adverse to authority and just always have like a tendency to just push boundaries for girls that love structure, go be in a sorority because they love that shit. You know, you've got all these things to keep track of all these different points, obligations, different positions you can hold different events going on like you would love it for someone that, you know, just kind of plays things by ear and figures out 10 minutes before whether or not they want to do anything like all the time. I just couldn't handle the constant pressure and obligations that I had. And that's just a personality thing, really.
0: Like I said earlier, it's the first time in your life if you're coming from a really strict household and you're living on your own for the first time. The last thing you want to do is go into another set of rules even though of course I'll talk up and down all day about my great sorority experience but I also have just as many stories as you where like I would do something post a funny story about my friend and then all of a sudden it's like a crisis how does this story come to an end what else happened before you ended up leaving the sorority
1: I think all of these little things big things happened and I was just on the radar for a long period of time it was actually it happened while I was living in the house I only had to live in the house really for one semester so it ended up being okay I ended up getting this was my senior year I Got an email saying that I had been on like a pro for X amount of semesters, and at this point I was a senior, and I was like, I've made it this far. I'm just gonna stay in the sorority. Really, I think I just wanted the stole that you get, and you know, all the graduation things with my outfit. And so I got this email, and I was talking to the academic chair or whatever, and she was like, Yeah, you know, you've been on a pro. I think I remember being at an APRO meeting once, and they were saying like, You know, if you show improvement at the end of the semester, we'll take you off of a pro, even if you don't meet the GPA requirement. If you've shown improvement, we'll talk about it. So I did. I had shown a lot of improvement, but it's still hadn't been enough to like get me up there and so she, I was like you said we would talk about it all this stuff and she was like yeah you know unfortunately I spoke with our director and she just doesn't want to do that you know because they hated me so even though the academic chair said that it was enough improvement to be okay the director ultimately vetoed and there's nothing you can do about that she actually facetimed me I had matched with a dude on tinder and we decided to meet up he said come to my house I said yeah sure thing and it was honestly really innocent it was like 4 p.m we weren't doing anything I went over to his house his like sister was in the room we were all just hanging out getting To know each other. I had just met this kid and I got a FaceTime call from an unknown number, but I was like, that's weird. I love answering unknown numbers. I I live for it. I think it's funny. I just was like, hey, I'm gonna pick this up. So as I'm like literally with this dude from Tinder, I answer the FaceTime call and it's one of the girls, I don't even know her really, but it's one of the girls on the board, and she said, Hey girly, is now a good time. I said, Uh yeah, sure thing. She said, Okay, so um I did want to let you know that you are being dismissed from our sorority. And I remember just like looking above my phone at the Tinder dude and his jaw dropped. Like, I, I think he was scared that I would start crying or something. Like, I think he was really nervous. I actually started laughing. Obviously, she did not appreciate that. This was like a serious phone call and I shouldn't have laughed, really. That was disrespectful. I think I was more laughing at just how awkward the situation was, more so than like laughing at the situation. And so she ended up hanging up on me. So I got an email basically saying what she was trying to say on the FaceTime call. And it was essentially just like, sign this and you're out. I did. I signed it and that was that.
0: That is kind of heartless because you made it all the way to your senior year. And it's like, what? You have to make it another three months to get the affair. official alumni status and then you're gonna miss out on any benefit that you could get from I haven't really got anything from the alumni association but still you don't really get to like say that you're right like
1: it's more it's more of just like saying I was or something or just again like the graduation robe things like the senior pictures I mean my friends were still in it and I think I was kind of bummed that like they're all gonna have all this tea from whatever event or whatever chapter meeting and I'm just gonna be like you know at home with my popcorn like waiting to hear about it or whatever actually a lot of them ended up dropping as soon as I got kicked out my roommate and my friends like they just ended up dropping. Like, they were like, this isn't worth it anymore. So, not to toot my own horn, but I think it started a little bit of a movement after that because I think by the time it came to graduation, there were only six girls left from our entire class. I, I want to say it was six who actually made it to the very end. And I remember one of them, I think she posted like a TikTok or a story and it was like the last left or whatever. And it was like six of them. And I was like, that's really not good. They, they keep track of that, whatever it's called, like retention or whatever. Like, that makes us look really, really bad. And I think honestly, too, I think our house at my school had the highest drop rate of all of the houses. And I'm like, "Girlie, there's a reason for that. Our sorority was also known for fining people more than any other sorority. And we weren't allowed to talk. That was another thing that I got in trouble for recruitment. She was saying like, if they ask if we fine, you say no. I'm over here sitting, like I'm in crippling debt to this sorority from all my fines. So I'm like, wait a second. Is that how I got conned into this shit? Because y'all told me that wouldn't happen. Like, I'm sorry. I owe like $1,500 in fines right now. If you think I'm going to tell a girl, like I won't bring it up on my own. But if she asks me if we get fined, I'm not lying to her. She did not not like that. I'll tell you what. She did not appreciate that. And I think that's another reason that I got dropped from like every party after that because they didn't want me running my mouth. If you're joining an organization based on lies, then of course everyone's going to drop because it's not what they thought they were getting themselves into.
0: Exactly. For context, you came from a big school. So like only having six people left in the PC is kind of unheard of. I'm sure you started with like 70. Like, do you know how big your PC was? I like 150. 150 people in your pledge class? I think, I think our pledge class was the
1: biggest in like the last 10 pledge classes or something like they let a lot of girls into our pledge class.
0: I want to ask you about like how your college experience changed from when you got dismissed. Now it's your senior year because I mean at that point I guess you're a senior so life doesn't really change that much but did you feel kind of like I don't know like FOMO or did that well, change?
1: It? a little bit. It's kind of funny you ask actually because when I made the TikTok about the cocaine incident I had one girl DM me on Instagram and she was like hey I'm at this school and I'm kind of experiencing feeling like an outcast at my sorority and like I feel like none of the girls like me and like she she said she wanted to transfer schools and I went through that like I applied to transfer schools my freshman year because I hated it so much I hated my sorority I felt like an outcast and that kind of reflected onto my overall college experience those were supposed to be my best friends and if they're not then how else am I going to find any that's kind of how I felt and so I thought about the same thing I was like girl like I'm telling you push it like push through keep trying because the reason I didn't transfer ultimately was because I didn't get accepted at that point my GPA was too low and so I didn't Get accepted into any school. So I had to push through. And I told her, like, I'm so glad that I did because my mom made a good point. She said that because I was seeing everything so negatively, I wasn't open to positive things happening and seeing the positive in things. That was also when I entered like my really toxic relationship. And so it was also honestly when we broke up that all these breakups kind of happened at like once. While that sounds like something that would really just send you into a rut, it was like the best things that could have possibly ever happened to me because I was forced to look for new opportunities and look for better things when it was those things that had really probably been holding me back this whole time. Any breakup, whether it's romantic friendship or something like this, like an organization that you're a part of, it may feel horrible at the moment and the time being. But when you get through the literal trenches of hell and you come out, you're almost like narcissistic how much you love yourself and just like how great you feel. And you, you finally start seeing all of these possibilities and all of these opportunities, then good things start happening like I'm like a firm believer that like the energy you put out is what you receive because the minute you start radiating that confidence and that positivity and you start seeing all that life has to offer you will have suitors lining down the block you will have people opening doors left and right you will be going on the craziest adventures that you can't even imagine when you start seeing things in a sense of okay then like that just wasn't meant for me like this just isn't for me you know if it was then it would have worked out and it didn't once you get to that point and I think the breakups are necessary for you to get to that point almost like nothing can Touch you. No rejection, no breakup, no nothing can touch you because you just know that you love yourself and someone else will too. And that's all that matters.
0: And if you can get over the fear of rejection, then you aren't so scared to put yourself out there into new situations, which you constantly have to do. Obviously, like when you're in college, you kind of get set into like a routine. Okay, I go to class and I'm in a sorority. And it's very easy to get stuck in that cycle. So, like, what were some of the other things that you did once you had the freedom to be more authentic to who you were?
1: I started working out a lot. I started eating right. I felt like shit the last few years. I wasn't treating myself right. I was literally clinically depressed at one point because of it. Like I genuinely just felt like I had lost who I was. I was so out of touch with who I was as a person and I kind of just spent like my senior year nothing but authentically myself and I've never been able to stick with a routine but some kind of a routine and I also cut a lot of people off I think that weren't helpful to me not in any sort of dramatic way of you're a bad friend and whatever but more just like distance myself and saying like okay well this person hasn't really been there for me as much as I wanted them to be as much as I wanted to be their friend they've proven to me multiple times that that's just not our relationship and I need to stop holding on to that and dwelling on that and it was kind of those things like breaking up with friends breaking up with organizations like just breaking up with anything that wasn't helpful towards my growing as a human being I think that it worked out for the best because by the time I graduated I can say easily I have never been happier in my life in my entire life even today I'm less happy than I was my senior year college after letting go of all of that and just finally putting that into me I ended up spending a lot more time I reconnected with old friends that I dropped for stupid reasons the sorority or because I thought these people were better or cooler or whatever and I'm honestly so lucky that they even allowed me back into their life because they probably shouldn't have some of the things that I said to these people or that the way that I treated them like they probably shouldn't have let me back in and I'm so grateful that they did because I wasn't myself when I did that here we are now we're best friends again so reconnecting with the people that were positive they say you or who you surround yourself with. And that, I think that's true.
0: It's funny if we remove the word sorority with like boyfriend or girlfriend, like anybody else on the outside would be like, that sounds like a really toxic, unhealthy relationship. Somebody telling you how attractive you are or how much you deserve to go out and represent the relationship that you have. It's like a perfect example of how that can mirror really bad relationships in our life. And so it looks like getting to get rid of that was really beneficial. Do you look back and do you wish that you had actually dropped at any point or do you not regret the way that things went down? This sounds cliche, but I do try not to have like regrets
1: or like think about doing things differently just because everything that's happened is the reason that I'm here where I am today. I now live in Florida by the beach. I live five minutes from the beach. I'm like, you know, living by myself. I have my hamster, my best friend, and I've been doing some like really cool stuff since I've been here. Should I have dropped sooner? Maybe. If anything, I feel like my mom probably wishes she would have let me drop sooner so she could have avoided like paying. And that's the thing too. After I dropped, they continued finding me at the time that I was like breaking up with my sorority was also pretty close to when me and my boyfriend were breaking up. And I think that both of those were factors in me being miserable and feeling like the world hated me. And I've always been that friend, like, you know, those videos that say you always have that friend that can't catch a break. I am that person. My friends will send me those. They'll tag me in those. And I've always been that person. But I think once I let go of the sorority and the boyfriend and things like that, I still am the friend that can't catch a break. But now I also have what they're calling like lucky girl syndrome where everything works out. And that's why like these stories that I'm telling, it's stupid because people are calling me a liar but I'm like on the phone with my friends and they think it's funny because they're like no like you really are just that friend who just always ends up in these crazy situations but they never get that deep or that serious because it also always works out but I think the always working out part started whenever I started seeing the opportunity for things to work out the luck that could come my way like why wouldn't it work out you know before I was thinking like my life sucks everything goes wrong all the time I'm constantly miserable and so I was my life did suck everything did go wrong and I was miserable and now everything goes wrong but I'm also also. the luckiest girl alive and everything will eventually turn out right.
0: A lot of my audience is college age women. So what's a piece of advice you would give to them if they just felt really overwhelmed with what they're going through?
1: I mean, I'll say that in college, especially my early years in college, like I said, I was a complete, completely different person by my senior year. The early years when I was in a sorority and when I was dating my boyfriend, I don't even want to say I didn't see the red flags with either of them or I didn't see the issues. I think deep, deep down, I felt it and I knew it was wrong. I wanted it so bad that I was willing to ignore it and in hindsight that left me more miserable than ever. I didn't think I was miserable at the time like even though like with the boyfriend I would be crying you know three nights a week on my bathroom floor wondering why he didn't love me. How did I not see at the time that I wasn't miserable? You know I thought that I was on cloud nine. I thought I had met like the love of my life if you're with the love of your life you won't be crying on the bathroom floor three nights a week. You won't be wondering why they don't love you and so with either of those situations I did not have the balls to leave. I had to be kicked out of my sorority and I had to be broken up with by my boyfriend. I mean, I broke up with him, but then I begged for him back for the next three days and he said no. I will say the sorority situation, I got over faster. The boyfriend situation, I did not eat. I did not sleep. I was literally going through it for probably a month and a half. And then even still for the next probably three months, it was the worst time of my life. And I thought I was actually dying. I thought I was never gonna be okay. But then once I saw the other side of things and I finally just like felt okay, I look back, the sorority kicking me out and the boyfriend breaking up with me were the best things that could have ever happened to me because I would have never left on my own to this day. Those are the reasons that I'm at where I'm at today. And that I gained the confidence that I did and that I love myself as much as I do now. And I'm not afraid of rejection. And, you know, even just like with the TikTok thing, like putting myself out there, like my sister, I had blocked on TikTok because I was like, she's going to judge me. She's going to cringe at me, you know, like that's my sister. She's going to hand me my, my shit on a platter. But as far as everyone else, like I genuinely just didn't give a fuck because I knew that I liked me and that's all that mattered. And I genuinely think that like, if it, doesn't work out, there's a reason. Like, there is a reason. I almost, I think it was like $49.95 for like this coach to tell you how to get your ex back and I almost paid for it. I was willing to do anything to get this person back in my life and I'm telling you right now, don't. Literally don't. And they, they do come back. They always come back and when you move on, you'll realize that it was for the best. Always. It always was.
0: On Thursday's Breakup Breakdown Bonus, you're going to get to hear from my college bestie, a former head of standards. We're going to be spilling some sorority tea straight from our own experiences and all also- also. Also, I'm bringing on another mental health expert to talk about how to identify toxic job or organization situations, how to not put your identity in what you do, and how to finally have the courage to leave that job or organization. I'll see you whenever you decide to tune in next.